One of the mistakes that society makes, and it's through no fault of society's own, but how media and other people talk about it is, people sort of think they're either mentally healthy or not. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education tons of great information it's free to join be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com now on with the podcast right club community welcome back to another awesome episode and today is not necessarily real estate related it's the mind estate podcast so we've got a great guest nancy morris who's a psychologist and she has been a psychology consultant speaker author 19 plus years of academics under her belt. She's really the real deal. And uh, she has many years of experience. Catherine, what did you think of today's podcast? Just as a little like tidbit before we get into it. I, I really enjoy the fact that she was talking about in depth and being a, your self-awareness and paying attention to you so that you can kind of keep track and balance so that you're self-aware and, and applying, uh, applying you, that your self-awareness or what you're thinking and making sure that you're aligned. And, but she gave us tips on how to do that. It wasn't just talking. She told us what to look for and what to do and how to kind of autocorrect. Absolutely. And you, and you know what? We talk a lot about financial wealth in our podcast. This is about mental wealth today. Right Club community, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast which is, uh, you know, really different than our real estate investing podcast. Please leave a rating, review, send us an email, reach out to Nancy. We're going to have her contact information as well in the show notes. And if you haven't yet, register for free at therightclub.com. There's tons of online events. We're going to start our in-person events very, very soon as well. And we also have tons of content from different webinars that we've recorded that you can review. We have forums, lots of great you know, people that you can connect with to build your team and so much more at therightclub.com. Let's bring in Nancy and, uh, and talk to her about mental wealth. Nancy, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. I'm doing really good. How about you? Good. We're happy to have you back. You always bring a wealth of knowledge. You've been a podcast guest in the past. You've also presented at our different events. What's new and exciting in your world today? Well, new and exciting, you know, not a lot. It's it's chugging along like I think it is with a lot of people. We're, we're just sort of, you know, figuring things out as we go along as the world is pivoting a lot. So I, I think um, it's, it's how well are you chugging along. So, and I'm chugging along. Great. How about you? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been spending a ton of time at the cottage. I'll tell you, it's been a blessing in disguise throughout all of this, just trying to, you know, see friends, invite friends up, have nice food, have nice wine, enjoy the, 
you know, the water and the, and the peace, uh, back in Oakville now, and uh, I got to get back into the swing of things, but it was, you know, despite the, the pandemic and everything, probably the best summer that I've ever had because it was the first summer that I did not have a nine to five job. So I had that freedom of doing what I wanted with my time Woo-hoo. and I've been able to reduce my work hours from, you know, 80, 90, hundred hours down to five or 10. And yeah. you know, that that's been awesome. And, and Catherine, what about you? It's been a busy summer uh, for, for me. We had our youngest daughter got married. We had family and six grandkids and nice weather and playing and reconnecting. And we were able to do it all outside and, you know, safely and having fun. And one of the things that we did do as well, and, and uh, where I live, we have this hidden culinary gems, but also where the rowing is. And there was a lot of really great local events that were basically within either a two minute drive or, uh, or a quick walk. And uh, it was just really nice, nice to see everybody's creativity. And we took advantage of it and we had a lot of fun. And my pants don't quit, quite fit this thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they're, what are they calling it? COVID-25 now? That's what everybody's gained over the last 18 months. So. <laughs> I was calling it the COVID cush. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you know what though, I actually started hitting the gym hard again, the now that things are opened up and I've gone every single day and, you know, maybe once every like two weeks, two weeks and a half, I'll like skip a day. And I know that's not good for your body, but it, for my mental clarity, it has been amazing to just like work out for an hour and push yourself for an hour. And, uh, and, and that kind of leads us into maybe a little bit of the topic for today on mental wealth. And when I was reading about, you know, Nancy, what you were going to talk about and share about mental wealth, that, that to me is a, a really cool opportunity for us to, as real estate investors, to, to take a moment and say, okay, you know, what is mental wealth and, you know, how can I get there? And maybe you can give us a little bit of a, you know, overview on what that looks like and what that even means. Sure. But I'm going to cheat a little bit and say to you and Catherine, when you hear the term mental wealth, what does it mean to you? So maybe I'll go first, Catherine, unless you want to go first, but, you know, one of the things that I've been doing and and thinking more and more, and as I had uh, one of my mentors, Harry James, who's had, you know, 35 plus years of real estate investing experience. And I think one of the things I admire the most, and, and one of the things that he pushes me to do is just not look at just financial wealth, but from a spiritual standpoint, you know, a family relationship standpoint, fitness, uh, you know, wellness standpoint, all of those things. And so when I think, you know, of that term mental wealth, I say, okay, you know, other than financial wealth, because that's what we, you know, we probably get quickly from a real estate standpoint. It's not just about financial wealth. It's about making sure that you are happy, that you are living your best potential. And that's the way that I see it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've done, you know, in the past few months was really just trying to say, okay, from a financial standpoint, I like where I am, but what else can I do to make my life even better? And so that's, that's, I, I don't know if that's right or wrong. That's just my, my thoughts on it, but I'm sure you'll expand lots on that. Catherine, what about you? I, I'm going to say ditto to what it is that you said, Sarah, of course, but I'm going to expand a little bit on it for, for mental wealth is I think building in addition to what you said, but building a, um, a strong foundation of, of self to where, when, you're, you're grounded, you're grounded enough 
and I've been really working on this lately and making sure because I did find that I, I noticed myself kind of fluctuating a bit emotionally and, and mentally. So I, I went back to the basics, very similar to what you're doing, making sure, you know, uh, fitness and eating properly and taking care of yourself so that when life does throw the curves, because of course it is life and you're going to get curves that, that you're able to do that. You're able to ride the wave and, and not kind of fall off and, and drown and, and to be able to self check in, how am I doing? You know, what do I need to do better care of myself or do I need to reach out to somebody? You know, just that, that, that to me is, is also part of mental wealth. So Nancy, tell us, how close were we? <laughs> well, putting the two of them together, you're both right. So basically, well, mental wealth, when you, you sort of put the words together as, as one does and the definitions we have of them, sort of mental or what people would normally say is mental health or mental well-being. So we've got that word. And then we have the word wealth, which is usually associated with abundance, whether that's financial or not, but usually it's financial. So it's that idea of having an abundance of what we've just been talking about, an abundance of, of the um, financial side of things, but also spiritual reserves, an abundance of good health, an abundance of all the other things that makes a person who they are. But it's also about how much time and energy do you invest using that word very specifically in continuing that journey of self-awareness. So for me, having studied this stuff for like 20 years now and being a business psychologist, for me, I know that the depth of your self-awareness equals the breadth of your success. However you choose to define that word success or in whatever sort of domain of life we're talking about, whether that's success in your business, success in your relationships, success in your physical well-being, all of these sorts of things, however you're defining that. So the more you know about yourself from a self-awareness point of view, sort of like what you were saying, Catherine, the more likely it is that you're going to make good, aligned, um, even holistic choices and decisions, decisions to take the actions that you need to, to create the success that you want. So mental wealth really touches on all of that. But to sum it up, it would be depth of self-awareness, paying attention to your um, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions so that those align with the goals you wish to achieve. Those two things put together. So, you know, am I behaving in a way that is aligned with the person I wish to be? Am I behaving in a way, am I making the choices and decisions around, say, performance goals, which I've talked to the right club about before? Am I taking those actions? What's blocking me from taking those actions? That's part of mental wealth as well, that personal insight. And Catherine, you're absolutely right. The, the more we understand about ourselves, what motivates us, what doesn't motivate us, you know, who we want to be, why we do the things that we do, what is our sense of integrity, what's, what keeps us grounded, et cetera, et cetera. The more we know about that, the more resilient we are to the ups and downs of running a business, to the ups and downs of our relationships, to the ups and downs of just life, just the way the world is works, you know, pandemic or not. And that's basically, to summarize it, that's what mental wealth is. How much self-awareness do you have? And how are you applying that through your actions, your performance goals, you know, the, the steps that you're taking, your behaviors, and then your thinking. Is your thinking aligned 
with what you're trying to achieve. And one of the problems I've seen quite a lot, I'd say over the last 18 months, two years, is that people, they're kind of wishy-washy on this investment in self. Yes, some people have really put their attention on it now because they've had a bit of time and space to do it. But I wonder what will happen this time next year when, you know, hopefully a lot of work will be back to quote unquote normal and all that sort of stuff. Are people going to pay attention to this stuff anymore? And I'm, I'm want to work in such a way that, you know, I help people to create this habit of investing in their mental wealth. And that's why I think it's really important that we're talking about it now. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Building Stack. Building Stack is a software and a platform that helps make our lives so much easier as real estate investors and landlords. And Building Stack actually helps us from anything from collecting rent, finding tenants, filling vacancies communicating to our staff and our tenants and anything from even signing documents and leases online. There's so much more as well. And they're a great solution for any portfolio size. I mean, even if you have like one or two properties or hundreds of properties, there is going to be an opportunity for you to utilize this to make your lives so much easier. And as you know, I say work on the business, not in the business. And this is a great software to be able to do that and manage your portfolio as efficiently as possible. So visit buildingstack.com or email sales at buildingstack.com. And also make sure to mention the right club because there is a great promo and a discount that you get for that. So again, buildingstack.com and mention the promo code, the right club. And now back to the show. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously this is huge right now, but like you said, it's going to be just as important afterwards, but I think it's huge right now because we've created from the pandemic, in my opinion, a pandemic on, you know, the mental, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but there's definitely a lot of instability and a lot of unknowns. And from a, you know, mental health standpoint, I think there's going to be another pandemic coming out of the pandemic on mental well-being, health, right? Yep. And so- you know, I, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, let's just pause. I want to do, if you don't mind, I want to do a couple of definitions. Okay. So one of the mistakes that society makes and it's through no fault of society's own, but how media and other people talk about it is people sort of think they're either mentally healthy or not. So I'm either mentally healthy, I'm fine, quote unquote, fine, or there's something wrong rather than thinking of it that way. It's best to think of mental health as a spectrum, okay, with mental well, solid mental well-being on one side and mental illness on the other side. And if you put a bell curve on top of that, you can put that bell curve there for your day, let's say. Most of us live in the middle of that bell curve. Most of us are actually not, quote unquote, mentally well all the time, okay? <laughs> One way or another, we're a little bit nuts at some point through the course of the day. So it, it's a mistake to be thinking that if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're experiencing a desire to stay home instead of going out, any of these sorts of things, you know, mild depression, stuff like that, it's a mistake to think that you're ill, you're just on the spectrum of, of mental well-being. We have 
sort of ups and downs throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, whatever it is. And that's absolutely fine. It's when you are depressed, staying at home, highly anxious to the point where, say, you're not able to drive very well or, or something like that for weeks at an, on weeks and weeks, you know, going on for weeks, then you're tipping over to the one side of the bell curve, which is like, I need to go and speak with a physician or somebody like that. But for most of our day, we're not amazingly happy. We have moments of real joy, and then we don't and we get on with things. So let's be clear that mental health, well, to be honest with you, as from a psychological point of view, mental health is this spectrum which is diagnostic in nature okay so there's a whole it's called the dsm diagnostic and statistical manual blah 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 with check boxes in it that people use to determine whether or not somebody is mentally healthy or mentally ill so what i actually want most people to be talking about is simple mental well-being simple me mental well-being which is you know the whole gamut of of your mental, your, your state of mind. So instead of talking about mental health, which is really what the doctors talk about, let's just talk about mental well-being. Am I feeling joyful today? Eh, for the most part, yeah, I am. Oh, good. I'm fine. Do you know what I mean? So, but when we're always looking at mental health, which unfortunately has such a terrible stigma to it, then there's either I'm mentally healthy or I'm mentally ill. And just because you're having a bad day does not mean you're having a mental health crisis. It means you're having a bad day. Okay. So I just, I sort of went around the houses there, but think of your state of mind as mental well being. And that gives you the power to be more in control of that. Mental health is a, is a diagnostic, and you can't be in control of your mental health. You can be in control of your mental well being. So what are some tips? I, I mean, some of the, one of the things that we've seen a little bit more of is some of the memes and on social media that come through and they, you know, they'll say, Hey, one day I'm just rocking it. I've been able to check everything off my list and, you know, be able to do this and this. And the next day I'm, I'm eating a full bag of chips and all the jujubes while, you know, doing a Netflix marathon, you know, with a blanket pulled over my head, which is, basically what I think I hear you saying that, that it just yeah. kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. But when we do find ourselves ebbing and flowing, what are some tips and tricks that you can give us to, first of all, for recognition and second of all, for trying to stay on, on as even a keel as possible. What you're talking about though, one day rocking it and one day, you know, under the duvet with the remote control, that is even keel as long as you're not under the duvet for weeks or even days on end. There's nothing wrong with that. The, you know, we call it mental health breaks too, don't we? You know, yes. and people call in sick or something at work when they need a mental health break and they need, just need a day to themselves. That's even keel. It's the, the first tip though, if you're under the duvet is, are you beating yourself up for it? Are you saying I should be able to handle this? I should be able to get my butt out of bed and get to work. I should, I should, I should. And as anybody who's heard me speak before knows, shooting on yourself is not a good thing. So we don't like to shoot on ourselves. And notice how careful I am when I say that, because God knows I've screwed it up in presentations before. But the key thing is, is how are you being gentle with yourself? 
because you also need to be gentle with yourself when you're really rocking it too, because guess what? You're not going to, nobody does that 24 seven. If you look at any autobiography of anybody who's really successful, not biography, autobiography, you will see it laced with comments about, I, I spent time investing in my mental well-being so that when those days came, I wasn't a brute to myself. I didn't talk to myself as if I was some sort of failure. I accepted those moments for what they were. I recognized them and then I moved forward when it was right for me to do so. That's what I mean, like, are, we have this illusion that we should, there's that word again, be able to just rock it all the time or, or rock it Monday to Friday or, you know, show up really, really well. One of the interesting things I've been observing over the last few months is the number of people who will now say out loud, you know what, I'm not having a good day. And everybody goes, oh, that's okay. You don't see anybody like on the other side of a Zoom call saying, well, aren't you a failure? But you know that the person has probably told themselves that at some point in the past. Nobody else would say it to you, but you're pretty good at saying it to yourself. Tip number one, when you're having that day that you're under the duvet, check in with what you're saying. That will give you a really good measure of your state of mind and your mental well-being. If you're not being a brute, you're just observing and saying, okay, I need this break today. Excellent. If you're shooting anywhere, not so good. Mental well-being needs a little bit of work. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form, and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. That, that's a great tip. I mean, at the end of the day, it's good because like, I'm sure we all have those days and we're like, oh my God, like everyone else is probably, you know, doing awesome. And here I am on social media looking at like what's happening with the politics and I'm angry. Like there's like tons of, tons of scenarios where I'm like, am I the only one doing this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was on a I was on a call a few months ago with the head of a psychiatric hospital here in Ontario, and he was doing a, a big presentation on stuff. And he said a line which I thought was really, really good. And there was all sorts of entrepreneurs on the line, because as we know, entrepreneurs and, and you know, business owners and stuff have been struggling a lot. And there's been an uh, uh, increase in um, reported addictions and, and things like that. So he was sort of, he he's after a presentation of talking about what stress is and isn't, he was he said to everybody on the call because somebody said to him, you know, I'm I'm stressed. I'm having I'm barking at my husband. I'm you know I'm I'm really short tempered and I'm confused and I'm having trouble making decisions and I'm having trouble being com committed. And he sort of said, how long has this been going on? And she said, it goes up and down. And and everybody's like, yeah yeah okay. I could see people nodding, you know, on the Zoom call. And then he turned around and he said, if you weren't stressed and anxious right now, 
you'd need to see me because something would not be connecting in your brain about the state that we're in that, you know, so it's okay that you're stressed and anxious. What you do with it matters. So are you beating yourself up? Are you recognizing that it's gone on too long now? And maybe you do want to go and talk to a doctor or you do want to at least unload your concerns on somebody who can hear you and, and you know, deal with whatever it is that you're saying. So um, I was, I really, because that's what, that's what we in psychology will tell people. But it was really great of him to say, you know, if, if you're not stressed, stressed and anxious, I would be surprised. You need to come and see me. Wow. That's, uh, that's a little bit of an eye opener there to, to keep everybody into check in and on the, the reality. And I think what you were saying too, Sarah, is that, you know, when you go on to social media, which is prevalent in so many different ways, uh, in so many different formats today. But I think sometimes we also forget that what the majority of people usually do on social media is they put forth their best self. So we're comparing, you know, what our, whatever mood or whatever it is that we're in at that moment with what somebody else is posting and there's different perceptions that are there and what is it that we do and how do we do it and so on and so forth. So uh, Nancy, what are some of the things that people can do? About? To, uh, it, it, to be able to um, make sure that their, like, uh, that their mental wealth is kept in check. Mm -hmm. And so that it is kept within hopefully that range mm -hmm. and, and how do you know that it is time to maybe go check with somebody, but also real recognizing if it's on the other end, I'm just normal. This is part mm. of that, as you say, like in that center section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things that I know a lot of people are doing right now is they're just sort of checking in with their friends. So they'll get a, you know, they'll have a nice open conversation with it, with a trusted friend. And particularly if they're feeling a little edgy, a little bit concerned about their state of mind or whatever, and they'll say, could you, if you spot me being a little strange you know, or whatever, could you just give me a little nudge and just remind me or help me to understand? It goes back to the self-awareness piece, um, getting somebody just to keep an eye on you, just to, you know, check in with you. And, and if they've noticed that you want to stay home more than usual, and I don't mean like go out and party or anything, I just even just go for a walk, that you're, that you're staying home more to help encourage you to go for a walk. So Having that kind of conversation with somebody is really good. I know that um, journals are selling really, really well at chapters and, and all that blank journals because, you know, not everybody likes to journal, but it can be very therapeutic in a private way where you're just journaling what you're thinking. It's, it's as simple as writing down every night five things you're grateful for and five things you're proud of that day. And sometimes it could be, I'm grateful the sun came up. I'm, I'm proud of myself for getting out of bed. You know, it can be that simple and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, imagine how I have should on myself sometimes as a psychologist and I'm having a bad day and it's like, oh, I really should be able to, I'm a psychologist for God's sake. You know, I really should be able to figure this stuff out. And then it's like, no, no, hang on. Why? You know, <laughs> why should I be able to figure it out? When you remember that most of your thinking is happening at the subconscious level. I can't know what's going on back there. I can only pay attention to what's coming forward. Journaling helps us to do that. Talking with other people helps us to do that. And just pausing throughout the day, asking myself, how do I feel? 
What am I thinking right now? And what's the top priority of action for me to take in the next few minutes? And just getting into the habit of doing that. That sort of insight, personal insight, is super, super important to be able to do that. And I mean, really, how often do people do that? Catherine, how often do you do that? <laughs> Sorry, uh, throwing you on actually, the spot now. <laughs> no, actually, it's it's a. I'm glad you asked me that because I actually set my uh, timer on my uh, on Great. my phone, Great. and and I I have it set three or four times during the day because I found what I was doing is I was getting so tunneled into uh, my work or you know being pulled in a whole bunch of different directions that mm-hmm. all of a sudden I would forget and I literally have the timer set. I mm-hmm. stop. I take three or four deep breaths. I make sure does my water need to be, you know, Mm -hmm. refilled? Am I drinking enough? Oh, what about snacks and healthy snacks? 90% of the time. But if I'm going (laughs) to 10%, man, I'm going to really 10% and enjoy it. Uh, But, but, but I do. And, but that's also been um, learned over the years. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great thing to do. I have a timer sitting on my desk actually that does the same thing. And, and I bought a very specific timer to do exactly that. They're a great thing to have. And it can be as simple as a kitchen timer, or as you say, the timer on your phone. How about you, Sarah? You know, as you were talking about journaling, I was thinking of Hal Elrod's miracle morning and Mm -hmm. I really think I need to get back to that. I mean, now that I'm back at, in not, not work mode per se, but just like a little bit more, you know, productivity <laughs> mode. Not, <laughs> not summer mode. <laughs> not, not summer mode. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always struggled with was like, even just like, I know it's good for me and it's good for others to meditate and to just, you know, there's, there's certain steps. And, and I just go back, like what you were saying to the Hal Elrod miracle morning. And I'm like, I, I used to do it for a short amount of time and, and it was nice. And then I stopped and then, you know, things got in the way, but just to go back at the end of the day, I mean, like all those little things, I think add up to making you even more, you know, mentally wealthy or, or however you want to put that together. And mm-hmm. so I think the journaling and even just like remembering, like even going back to like three weeks, four weeks ago, cause I, I won't remember it otherwise just to see like what you were happy about, what you were thankful for, you know, all that stuff. I think it would be helpful. I think it's just a matter of like actually doing it, which is my other problem of, you know, procrastination, I suppose. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's, we don't, if, if we, if somebody looks at their life, honestly, they'll recognize that we don't usually give ourselves the privileges we would afford others. We don't give ourselves the time. We don't give ourselves the attention. We don't give our, we don't pay attention to ourselves. And I say ourself as two separate words, ourself, right? So we don't give that person much time and attention. Doing things like journaling or setting an alarm just to check in with yourself and say, hey, self, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What you thinking about? What you doing? Um, is there something you need? Do you need a little bit of food? Uh, you know, or some water, as you say, Catherine, these sorts of things. Giving yourself that and making it a priority is also part of being mentally wealthy. You know, putting, putting that first, understanding that your mental well-being underpins everything you want to achieve. It is the foundation of everything that you want to achieve and therefore prioritizing it. And it can be as simple as 10 minutes a day. That's all. And I'm pretty sure that we all have 10 minutes a day, no matter how 
damn hot we think we are, we, we've got the 10 minutes a day to invest that time, you know? Absolutely. So. I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, scheduling it in and just making mm. it, you know, something that's important and that needs to be done. And I think with repetition, just, just like going to the gym, it's easier every day yeah. that you go, that you've gone already and you just add one more day to it, it's just easier, but it's, it's getting started. That's really tough. Yeah. It's setting up any habit usually, as we all know, takes that period of time of a few weeks, you know, and, and, and then you bring in people just to remind you if you have a partner at home or something, just to, how was your journaling today? You know, a nice gentle reminder. And it's, you know, it, it can be helpful to turn your attention to that for sure. Absolutely. So, so I want to pivot a little bit and just ask you about the Morris code and what, exactly that is so the morris code is a program that i've had out in the world since 2006 and i've sent it to over three and a half million people now i think on six continents and so every day i send out just this little email it's it's what's known as a micro learning format it's super short sometimes there's an audio with it but it's usually an email that's about 150 words takes a minute to read if that and there is in it what I call attitude and action. So the first part of the email is a story, an explanation, an idea around things to do with the small tweaks of habits or little behavior chains or little nuggets of learning that when applied or when you know you do something with it, even just thinking about it, can help to do some of the things that we've talked about, like paying attention to journaling and making these incremental shifts in our state of mind to become more mentally wealthy. So, and I always add an action piece that could be, you know, to journal, or it could be to answer a question, or it could be to fill out a checklist or, you know, whatever, there's some action point. So it's not just some rah-rah sort of like happy, happy meme or something like that. It's actually a learning piece and it goes out every day, Monday to Friday. That is awesome. So, Catherine, any, any last comments before or questions before we get into our lightning round? I actually, I find this really fascinating. One of the things that I really like about um, having any conversations with you or when you've, when you've been with the right club and, and then either just is that you actually give actionable steps you know, it's what it is that you can do and some checklists and checking in with yourselves instead of just having an airy fairy or, a, <laughs> you know, well, seriously, you know, yeah, like I with know the names that are out there and everybody, <laughs> oh yeah, it's happy, happy. Yeah, big, that's great. But what do you do? Yeah. Like, how do you recognize it? You always, I really like that you, you give some hardcore tips on how we can not only recognize, but to make ourselves better and, mm. and to grow in so many different ways. And well, I, so I really appreciate that. I, I do. And, and I'm pretty proud of the Morris Code because I know I get emails from people all the time saying, how did you know that was what I was going through? Or this made a real difference to me today. And, and it's, so it's something I'm pretty proud of. And I'm pretty proud to be sharing it with the Right Club in future, too. Awesome. So and, and Nancy, can you share with like with everybody what it is that you have a background in just because I know we, like you know we'll, we'll do a little bit of an intro but sure we have like we need to listen to you because it's not like you just decided all of a sudden to, to talk <laughs> about this like there you've got a background in it so if you don't mind just sharing with us you know why what you're saying you know it matters it, exactly <laughs> I, 
exactly. He took the words out of my mouth. You're qualified. Yes, yes, I'm qualified. I um, have been working in business psychology for over 20 years now, and I've been doing this work. I've owned my business now for over 20 years. Um, I have a master's degree in applied psychology. I'm a an, a, an associate business psychologist with the association in the UK. And I've spent a lot of time studying you know, taking all that academic stuff, which is tedious and boring to read, but really important to understand. So with the Morse code in particular, I take that and turn it into, as you said, actionable steps, simple stories and I, I simple ideas. And I, I try and bring the best of what we know about how the human brain works and how to use that to our best advantage and put it in these little nuggets of information in the Morse code. So that's what I've been doing like for forever, feels like. Um, and I love working in this domain too, because when people make that decision to invest in themselves, invest in understanding themselves and also learning how the brain works, those are my funnest tips. There's some natural things that the brain does that most people don't know. And I like to share those in the Morse code as well. So when people get to know these things, it, it's like, Oh, yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> so, you know, it can be quite fun that way. That is awesome. All right, cool. Well, Nancy, this is amazing. And I just can't wait to have you back again and talk. You, you talk about so many different things. Like you, you talk about procrastination. You talk about, you know, mental wealth today. It's just you're a wealth of knowledge <laughs> on many different topics. <laughs> But our time is uh, coming to an end. So our next part is our lightning round. So Catherine and I will ask you a series of four questions. Everybody gets the same four questions on the Mind Estate podcast. Are you ready to play? I guess so. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. I'm frightened, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, number one, what do you typically do on a random Sunday morning? Oh, these days I've been uh, investing more in my uh, physical health. So we go grocery shopping and then I do food prep and one of the things i've learned to do for my own mental wealth is other than that i make no plans ever for a sunday i get up on a sunday morning and i decide that day what do i want to do and then i take it from there that sounds awesome sounds like my type of sunday it's great <laughs> i love food it prep and the grocery shopping just <laughs> out. <laughs> well it sounds good like you can just kind of go with the flow i love yeah. it that's really yeah. great so uh, how is, uh, what is the one thing you can't leave the house without or without doing, excluding your cell phone? My debit card. Must have my debit card. And I also make sure the cat's okay. So no credit card, <laughs> debit card is the way to go? Oh, debit card. Love debit card. I, I, if credit card is a danger in my hand, so <laughs> debit, debit card or cash. So. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Number three, what is your favorite 
nonfiction or business related book that our right club <laughs> can uh, read or do uh, or listen to on uh, you know one of those options of uh, oh, one of those podcast things yeah yeah um, well no surprise my own procrastinate now by Nancy Morris of course that's my favorite book other than that I would say that um, your erroneous zones by Wayne Dyer from 1979. That would be my uh, favorite personal development book. And one of my favorite business books would be Story Brand by Donald Miller. I read Story Brand, actually. It's great. Who told me to read Story Brand is Paul Cupcuts, who is our branding manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. (laughs) It is. It is really good. Oh, wow. And and your book, where can people go to get your book? It's available on Amazon. And I also will make a link available to the Right Club for the PDF version of my book. Yeah. And or the audio book. I can't remember which, but. <laughs> which is excellent, by the way, because I have read it. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so here is uh, your wrap-up question. Who do you go to for advice on your business and why? Laurel Simmons. Because we know each other so well. She will tell me when I'm being a doofus, an idiot, and i trust her judgment about what she's saying about my business she's known my she known me forever and she knows an awful lot about my business so that's that's who i go to when i have business questions awesome nancy thank you for playing the lightning round questions and playing the game and we will add in the show notes how to contact you, how to reach out to Nancy, and how to get to your book, whether it's through audiobook or regular hardcover book. Mm-hmm. And Nancy, thank you. We'll have to have you come back because you have so many different topics. You can have so many dire- different directions of things that you can teach us. Thank you so much for making my mental health and mental wealth much better as we're, we're going through this podcast. I can't speak for Catherine, but I learned a lot today. And it sounds like Catherine as well. Yeah, absolutely. I did. That was fabulous. Thank you so much again, Nancy. And uh, I'm going to just encourage our, our Right Club uh, Nation listeners to tune in and, and follow Nancy. You will, uh, you'll be glad you did. I really appreciate that. And as always, it's fun to be here and, you know, happy to come back anytime you like. It's always great to come back. Thanks very much, Nancy. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. You know what? I really enjoyed Catherine talking to Nancy. And I think one of the things I'm going to take away from today is journaling. And I'm going to just test it out, you know, try it out for a week and see if I see an improvement in my mental wealth from uh, just doing that like one little tiny tweak and, and seeing how things progress from there. Um, what are your big key takeaways from today? Well, she was talking about attitude and action, and it's the small tweaks of the habits. Uh, that really make the difference. It's stopping and doing a self check-in. It's the journaling. It's um, and it's making sure that you know that hey, if you're rocking it one day and everything is going really well, and then the next day um, you're, you're you're doing a marathon of Netflix with a duvet over your head, it's okay. You know, it's it's quite fine uh, to be able to do that. It's just a matter of checking in and making sure how you're talking to yourself while you're doing it. And making sure you're okay. But it was really, it was really interesting and fascinating. She had some great t- tips. I really enjoyed that. And I've got a lot of takeaways that I can go in action now. 
That's amazing. And I think these are the important parts of this, right? Is, is you listen to something and you go and implement or take action on a piece of what you've learned today or all of it, if you can, but you know, even just a little tiny piece at a time, it's hard to make all these changes all at once, but the implementation part is critical because you can ingest, ingest, ingest a lot of information, but if you don't actually produce any results from the learnings, well, you know, what's the point of getting more information? And so I think that's a great point. Uh, Catherine, that you're going to go ahead and implement those things. And, uh, you know, let's keep each other accountable, um, have a, an accountability partner, and you're going to, you know, start making some changes to bettering and improving your mental wealth and, uh, and really living life on your terms, living your dreams, following, you know, your goals. I mean, we do real estate investing, not only from a financial standpoint, but it's to ensure that we live the best life possible. And so right club community, thank you so much for tuning in until next week. What do we say, Catherine? Come, come grow, grow with, with us. us. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.